Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. How you doing? Welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast, bringing you news and tech from around Ireland and across the world. Our show is brought to you this week in association with WorkHuman.com. They're bringing something we miss greatly back to the world of remote working, and we'll find out more about that later. Remember, you can hear Tech Radio on air with RTE Friday evenings or anytime you like with your favourite podcasting app from Apple, Google or Spotify or whomever. Uh, we also keep you up to date daily with all things tech with hourly updates and daily newsletters which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. I'm joined as always by our Editor-in-Chief uh, Niall Kitson to take a quick look at the uh, news stories of the week and uh, Apple I suppose first out of the bag as often um, because they've got a, a nice little Christmas present you may be interested in. Yeah, not really a company for hogging the headlines are they? <laughs> So what have they brought out? Yeah, uh, Apple long speculated to be bringing out uh, a set of cans, a set of over-the-ear headphones, uh, and they have finally done it with the AirPods Max. Now, this is these are devices that are designed to compete with, you know, uh, I think it's the A700 from Bose, also stuff from Beats, which Apple already own, uh, and Sony brands that are you're very familiar for over-the-ear headphones. Um, Apple are getting in on the market. They're they're touting their wonderful digital crown that they have made famous through the Apple Watch that is going to be placed on the right cup uh, from which you'll be able to control the various functions. Uh, They weigh, now here's the interesting thing, they actually weigh quite a lot. They're 13.6 ounces uh, versus the Bose 700, which weigh it, you know, Almost well, eight point three. So it's, there's quite a significant weight difference there. But Apple say that they have it balanced such that you're not really going to notice the difference. And they've thrown in a whole load of their their other sort of signature technologies from the AirPods as well. So they've got um, something called spatial audio. I think we talked about this before, did we? Is the idea that you move your head and sort of the sound stays it's like- kind of static? So it's like you're in a cinema. And you turn left, you hear things more in your left ear. Turn right, you hear things slightly more in your right ear. Uh, so it's like 3D ahead. sound is what you, rather than, it's the opposite of static here. Do you you're describing 3D sound? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's one thing that they're retaining. Another is what they what they like to call transparency mode, uh, which is, to me, sounds a, li- a little bit like noise cancelling on, noise cancelling off. But anyway, uh, it's a mode that you can select that will let parts of the uh, sound in the outside world actually come in, which I guess has an awful lot of benefits if you're one for daydreaming and crossing large roads, uh, as I am. So I guess I'd benefit from that kind of thing. Um, (laughs) They also say they've got a breathable mesh canopy, so you'll be able to wear them for ages. Uh, But there is no Hey Siri support with it. Hey, do you really want to walk around town wearing those things and then at the top of your voice going, hey, Siri? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I already play enough of Madder on the phone, uh, <laughs> you know. So, however, Dusty, anyway. how much would you pay I was, about to, like I was about that. to say, well, look, I, I wouldn't buy a, a set of Apple's headphones anyway because they're uh, outrageously expensive. And every time I see the AirPods, I go, oh, my God, okay, 200 well. quid for those things. But anyways, okay, uh, for these, for the AirPod Max, guessing that it's Apple, oh, I'd say 250 euros. Oh, for 
God's sake, Dusty, you'd pick up three of them for that. Um, no, it's the exact price is six hundred and eighteen euros and seventy five cents. Oh, way to go, Apple! Knock it out of the park. <laughs> oh my God! I, I had a little bit of news on Apple uh, uh, this week, and then this is just rumors that's going around. Oh, I love Apple rumors, okay, right? Okay. Uh, everybody is just so. It's really funny. Uh, everybody has is, is, been very impressed with the M1 processor, okay, and the speed and everything that it does. Da, 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 da. I'm starting to see the problems start to come out now. Oh, the cracks are showing the, already. The cracks are showing, all right? No, of course they're going to show. This is a, a first-generation processor. Of course cracks are going to show, right? Um, but also so are the rumours where they kind of go, wow, 8 cores is amazing. I hear they're working on a 32-core processor for the Mac Pro. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, can you imagine? The Mac Pro is a monster, though. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And when and when they develop one with sixty four cores, Talk <laughs> then, to me then. then I might splash the cash. <laughs> I might pay. I might pay as much as six hundred euro. <laughs> so listen. Uh, also, uh, as as well in the news today, uh, there's some news about Uber. Yeah, Uber has sold off its self driving division to a company called Aurora. Now, you probably haven't heard of Aurora. I know I hadn't. Um, any any ringing any bells for you? None. Okay. Aurora was founded by basically the head of Google's self-driving division. Uh, he left to form his own company with what he referred to as sort of a dream team of, uh, of self-driving car experts. Um, originally, the plan was to develop this technology, develop this software and license it to uh, other car manufacturers. Um, however, the... The other manufacturers were, were just like, no, we're kind of working on our own projects. You know, we've invested money in our own software. So look, we're, we're not terribly interested. Um, Aurora did actually have a very important deal with Volkswagen. Uh, uh, however, Volkswagen pulled out. So they're kind of left going, oh, OK, right. What, what are we going to do? Like we're working on this really important software. Uh, you know, we've, we we believe in the product. Um, how do we get somebody on board? And they've done, they did something really, really clever. They decided, okay, right, let's move away from, you know, the regular cars on the street. That's fine. Let's find a niche. And they found one in long haul trucking. What better way to use self-driving technology than in, you know, uh, a style of driving that it's just straight lines for long periods of time. That is a good way of uh, looking at it. Where, uh, where do you refuel? Oh, look, I'm sure they'll, they'll figure that one out. Yeah. I, I actually think that that's, that's strange because you would think that Uber and self-driving are the two things that that, because what could be more profitable than a self-driving taxi? Well, that was part of Uber's plan that they would have self-driving, their own self-driving cars. However, there was uh, an accident in 2018 where somebody mm. was actually killed and Uber just never managed to over that. that and... Uber's own self-driving technology wasn't proving to be as reliable as they wanted. Uh, apparently, apparently, there was a, one of their testers came out and said, look, we were finding something wrong for every 15,000 kilometers or 15,000 miles that, that was driven. You know, something would go wrong. Not exactly yeah. on that point, but you, you get the idea. Like it wasn't, yep. uh, it, the technology wasn't up to the standard that uh, needs to be met. So there was a, an awful lot of internal frustration there. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe Uber is is starting to do a little bit more soul searching. They probably want, look, we've 2020 has been an awful year for everybody. 
Um, so how are we going to cut costs? How are we going to, you know, focus on our core product and get that yeah. to finally pay for us? Now, I mean, this is not to say that it's it's been an easy deal for Uber. Uh, I mean, they have got their uh, CEO, Dara Koshawahi. I probably said that wrong. Uh, a seat on the board of Aurora, and they've also pumped $400 million into the company. So it's not, you know, it's not the easiest of deals. It's not a, a matter of Uber going, look, take take our stuff, please. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm sure there's an element of that somewhere in the background. It must be like kind of, uh, like if you think about the aviation industry, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about safety more than anything else, yeah. right? You think about the the Wright brothers uh, a little over 100 years ago doing their test flights, okay? Right. Uh, and then through the war, how everything developed uh, as in the Second World War, and then the 50s with a comet and lots of them falling out of the sky and then developing, uh, I suppose the 737 was probably one of the, the modern jets or whatever. And now up to the, the, to the standard of safety we have in flying today, that's taken 100 years. In my head, Uber with self-driving cars are kind of somewhere around where the Wright brothers were. (laughs) Wow. And I think you've got a huge, yeah, but seriously, would you, if there was, if self-driving taxi pulled up outside your house today to take you somewhere, would you get in it? Not a hope. Well, there you go. So that's, that's, that's what I reckon. They've got a bit of a way to go yet. And uh, self-driving trucks is a great way of uh, doing it because uh, people can just sit back and watch that. And then they eventually they'll go, well, they've been doing it in trucks for years. Why not taxis? What a great idea. Yeah. And, and it seems to, you know, it's slightly more of a supervisory role. Uh, mm. I mean, at the moment for, for all the trials, I mean, there, there has to be a human driver there to take over just in case something goes yeah. wrong. So to to have somebody in something that would require fairly minimal oversight that they can just focus on the technical elements of what's going on, I think that's that's really good. Also, did did you see Logan the uh, the last Wolverine movie? I didn't know. There's no. a sequence in it with self driving trucks, and I was watching it going, "That's really clever." So do you know what? Somebody actually had that idea, and they're making it happen. So. Yay for there you go. There you go. Doing it again. Watch the movies. Listen, uh, one final story for you uh, before we get into our interview this week, and uh, I, this is a very, very quick one to make you smile. Uh, as you know, with uh, working from home, everybody's on Zoom, mm-hmm. uh, and this whole area of people doing meetings on Zoom has led to a boom in a particular industry, and that industry is plastic surgeons. Plastic surgeons. All of this cosmetic surgery, even I suppose you could include Botox or whatever in it, because people are looking at the, you know, kind of, oh, my God, I've got a second chin. I need to have that pulled back or whatever. I need a bit of Botox or whatever. Now, this is more in the States than it will be this side of the world. Hmm. But it did make me smile. Oh, that is fascinating, though. That is fascinating. The idea that you have to have like a Zoom face. (laughs) <laughs> well, this is it. Like, you know, if only somebody could write some software for that. Wouldn't yeah, be a way. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, figure out a way to turn down the resolution on your camera or something like that. <laughs> there you go. Grand. There we go. Listen, that's the news for this week. Now, thanks for keeping us up to date. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Tech Central.
There are plenty of ways to get job satisfaction, but employers often fail to recognise or reward the contribution their staff make towards making a business a success. WorkHuman looks at how companies can do more for their staff through social recognition. Jonathan Highland is the Chief Technology Officer with WorkHuman, and he spoke to Niall Kitson about how an Irish company became an overnight success after 20 years. Jonathan, I think it's fair to say that WorkHuman is one of these best kept secret companies that we seem to harbour in Ireland that uh, they do extremely well and then they come back and everybody is like, oh yes, I, I knew them before they were cool. Uh, is is that the case with you guys? Yeah, certainly. Um, we have been one of Ireland's best kept secrets. Um, we've been described as, uh, you know, a 20 year old overnight success um we started as a, a tiny company in a tiny office in city west and i was actually the employee number 10 and we were originally in the b2c space uh providing gift cards to friends and family members around the world but we we quickly pivoted to a b2b model servicing uh the irish operations of multinationals like intel and oracle in ireland with their uh, with their bonus payments and from there, the next jump for us was to the US where employee recognition was already very well established. But we brought a very new take to that marketplace with the introduction of social recognition. And we leverage technology very heavily, data, and the inherent human desire for gratitude and recognition. So our customers actually get the pulse of their organization through the recognition moments between their employees and it's essentially the difference between a manager noticing something that you've done done once a year, maybe if you're lucky, versus your entire career with a company having all of your achievements and your contributions and your work anniversaries and significant life moments all life-logged on the WorkHuman platform. I guess it shows an evolution of how companies see themselves and see their workforce as moving more from, you know, an expense that has to be rewarded with bonuses all the time to a a resource that just has to be, you know, uh, occasionally just recognized for, look, that was really good work. Or look, how, how did the birth of your child go? Very simple human aspects like that. Yeah, well, the the results are actually very easily quantified. Um, Our research at WorkHuman in working with customers such as LinkedIn and Procter & Gamble has shown that employee happiness is directly linked to employee engagement, employee retention, and ultimately business performance. And we provide solutions to help companies manage their cultures to drive this. One of the parts of sort of that performance management and getting people to buy into a, to a company is having a sense of mission. Is this something we've seen become progressively more important, important especially seeing as we're talking about uh, the workplace demographic transition away from Gen X towards millennials and I guess Gen Y thereafter? Yeah, well, essentially we see ourselves in the culture management space where we're enabling our our customers to drive their culture. And that's typically uh, done through uh, managing and uh, reinforcing the the company's own mission and values uh, through the use of employee recognition. So a lot of our customers would, uh, would 
peg awards that individuals give to each other within the organization for going above and beyond, for helping out with projects. Uh, they would tie them back to the values of the organization. So it ensures that the, va- the company's values are on the tip of the tongue of every individual in the company. They're not simply a plaque on the wall that everybody looks at every now and again and then forgets. Yeah, I think that idea of the the plaque on the wall is is absolutely fascinating. Just to to show that mission isn't isn't a slogan or something like that. And I I guess one interesting way that you have of making sure there is that adherence is having your own certification program as well. That somebody that is job hunting can look at and go, oh, do you know what they they do have a you know an appropriate mechanism whereby I will be uh, valued and that they actually stick to their own mission statement as well. That's right. And our new Work Human Certified program uh, provides a clear path of action for progressive companies and leaders who are you know, pioneering effective ways to create more human workplaces. And it provides them with a vehicle to, uh, to chart that course, essentially. Let's talk about what's happened over the past year, where I, I guess pretty much all the rules of work were were thrown out the window uh, to a large extent, not not all of them. But uh, you've had to deal with um, the enforced movement from working in the office to working from home, perhaps, uh, I guess, in a surprising way, more than some companies have, because you, you have enjoyed a work from office culture. So how did your own digital transformation journey uh, come about? Um, well, a number of years ago, we we set about um, transforming how we deliver our software, and, and that involved quite a, a significant uh, level of change within our own organization. We had been doing agile for 10 years at, at, um, at that stage, so we were, we were very used to all of the agile practices. But to transform ourselves from what we've traditionally been uh, an on-premise uh, private cloud SaaS operator um, to uh, a, a more agile way of delivering our services to our end users. So we set about moving ourselves to the public cloud um, and leveraging uh, infrastructure in the cloud described as, uh, as code. Uh, and we're significantly along that journey now at this point. But in in, um, in conjunction with that, we've also looked at uh, reorchestrating our entire organization internally um, to allow us to deliver at scale, but in a far more flexible manner. And, and by that, I mean we have we've gone from traditionally having maybe five or six big bang releases into our single code engine that all of our 5 million users around the globe are simultaneously accessing from our customers. Uh, We moved from five or six uh, big bang releases per year to daily releases. And that's involved a hell of a lot of of orchestration, of automation behind the scenes uh, to allow us the flexibility, but the rigor to be able to do that at scale and with high quality. I guess that gives uh, your customers flexibility to make their own suggestions to improving the the product and perhaps also a, a certain degree of customization as well. Yeah, I mean, over the last 20 years, working with with some of the the Fortune 500 customers that that we have, um, 
we've seen a, a, a great breadth of demands in terms of capabilities and the emphasis that different industry verticals put on uh, on, on any tool set that they're looking to uh, establish in their business. So we have used that to our advantage as we've grown and we've um, we've taken any of those specific industry requirements from particular verticals and we've leveraged that within our uh, within our product suite to allow us a capability where we can roll out those products and features then with our entire customer base once we deliver it for a, a particular individual customer. Having said that, we're running a highly scaled um, SaaS engine, which is simultaneously being accessed by all uh, all of our users around the globe. So it is highly flexible in how we allow the uh, the configuration of that uh, for different customers based on their individual needs and how they want to run their recognition programs internally. So uh, when we look at sort of the tools that are being used at the moment, artificial intelligence keeps cropping up, uh, you know, as a, a complement to new working conditions. Um, how do you see the likes of AI and machine learning fitting into your current offering? Well, AI and data in particular is uh, incredibly important to us. And it's uh, it's something that we're seeing as uh, as a cornerstone to our offering going forward. Um, we've already uh, exposed the wealth of, uh, of insight that is available within our platform based on all of the recognition moments, the expressions of gratitude between the 5 million users that we have on our platform. Uh, and we've leveraged that to, uh, to do things like look at the, um, the tone of messages between individuals to, uh, to allow companies to look at how they're performing from a diversity and inclusion standpoint. Um, so for example, by, uh, by observing the, uh, the, the, in, inherent bias in the tone of messages we're able to to indicate where uh, where a user may wish to to subtly change the the context of the message they're passing to another individual uh, to ensure they're being inclusive in the use of their language but the data and uh, machine learning is incredibly important to uh, allow you to perform advanced techniques like that do you think companies are really getting the value out of the data that they're gathering and understanding the nature of the data that they have? So uh, some a company comes to you and says, you know, OK, make our workforce better. Here's a bunch of data. I mean, how do you um, how do you parse that or how do you say, you know, look, you've just given us a bunch of random information where we really can't do anything with it? Well, I think from a from a culture um, management perspective, we uh, we have become extremely adept at allowing organisations to manage and shape their cultures and to drive business performance as a result. Um, from a, a specifically from a data aspect, I think we're at we're at the very beginning of unlocking um, the the insights that can be gleaned from observing the exchanges in, in data terms between individuals. So I, I think there's a lot of exciting things to come in the future um, from mining that data and using it to, to drive uh, better business ac- actions and outcomes. So 
but moving beyond work human uh, as you say you're working in technology in Ireland for the last 20 years and you're currently chair of the IBEC group Technology Ireland so over that time how have you seen the industry mature? Mm -hmm. Well this year in particular has been uh, very interesting as the, the chair of Technology Ireland, I've gotten to work very closely with many of Ireland's uh, tech sector and our industry has fared particularly well and adapted uh, throughout this year and in fact thrived through the crisis. Um, I think the, the challenge, however, for us all going forward is how we continue to drive collaboration and innovation in our organisations in this two-dimensional Zoom meeting world that we're now living in. Um, while that was the hallmark of our sector, essentially uh, pre-COVID, it's become increasingly difficult to foster those, uh, those sparks of ingenuity that occur when people work in close proximity to each other. So I think that's the challenge for us all going forward. I, I think that's very interesting that you've raised that sort of as a a, a multinational business yourselves. Uh, I mean, uh, to what extent do you find maybe projects not not so much stalling, but having to have their timelines extend that just maybe through, through lack of that availability, through lack of that spark, that people just are going, you know what, we, we can do this a bit better? Um, well, I, I, I think the, the COVID-19 crisis obviously took us all by surprise. Um, I, I was recently back in our office there for the first time since March, only a couple of weeks ago, uh, while recording for the Technology Ireland Awards. And I, ha I hadn't been in our office space um, since March. I packed up one Friday evening heading to an executive meeting in, in, in Florida on the Monday and uh, that was the week that Ireland went into lockdown. So I flew home from Florida and haven't been back in the office since. And that, that tra transformation for everyone of working from home overnight, obviously there was an initial pressure on everyone to have their uh, office systems and their technological setup um, re fit for purpose overnight f to enable people to uh, to work effectively from home, and that was the initial challenge. Um, but th in the aftermath of that of that, now we have to find a, a steady state way of working that allows us to um, to continue to collaborate while we can't uh, be physically present any longer. And that, that's been hugely challenging for, uh, for the entire sector, I think. Um, it, it is going to undoubtedly form a part of the strategy going forward when COVID-19 is in the rearview mirror. Uh, we, there will be a changed um, idea of what the workplace looks like. Uh, but the emphasis, I think, is going to firmly be back on uh, allowing teams to collaborate and work effectively uh, with whatever the new paradigm ends up being with some portion of, uh, of remote working. Uh, exactly how much of that will persist will be uh, a choice that companies will make on an individual basis.
And that was Niall Kitson talking to Jonathan Highland, the Chief Technology Officer with Work Human. Of course, our programme today is brought to you in association with Work Human. And if you want to like to know more about social recognition, do visit their website. It's quite fascinating, actually. Workhuman.com. That's it for this week. Do remember you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website techcentral.ie. And of course, you can listen to us each week online or on Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio and Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes and from Niall Kitson, thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.